Well, first day of school yesterday for the large number of Northern Territory school students and teachers and all of the staff at the schools. Hopefully it went smoothly at your place. It went pretty smoothly yesterday for us. This morning, a little bit, uh, little bit rockier. Um, but joining me on the line right now is the Northern Territory branch president of the Australian Education Union, Michelle Ayres. Good morning to you, Michelle. Good morning, Katie. Michelle, how did it go yesterday for all of the Northern Territory's teachers? Yeah, I think everyone's um, excited to be back for 2023. Um, and, yeah, just to, to get on with, with the year, um, plenty, plenty of new kids starting, um, starting school this year and um, moving on up. Uh, teachers are... Um, yeah, they're they're ready to get back into 2023 after a very tumultuous 2022. Um, yeah. We're just really hoping that things calm down this year and that we can, um, yeah, see a, a much more positive year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so for you know for the teachers' sake and also for for all the school students and the support staff. It's been a rough couple of years, um, Michelle. How are we looking when it comes to those staffing levels from the union's perspective? Yeah, so we've got, um, uh, like, there's been fairly positive recruitment yep. um, happen across uh, the Territory for this year following um, the events of last year. But our, our concern is that um, at our numbers overall of teachers are still down um, based on the fact that positions are down um, because overall our, um, our school budgets are, are still struggling under that. Uh, funding model we were discussing at the end of last year. Yep. So um, the government are in the process of doing work around that. Um, it's just that in the meantime, uh, we're, we're looking at less teachers across the territory, um, not necessarily because people haven't been recruited, although I do believe that there are positions still to be filled, but also because, um, yeah, school budgets are struggling. So uh, I'm talking about things like you know, drama programs having mm. to be cut and that kind of thing in order to, to make room for, um, uh, yeah, those lower budgets. Yeah, and that makes things really tough. I mean, they're the types of things that kids love. Uh, you you want to make sure that you're engaging kids and, uh, and, you know, those different kinds of programs, the arts programs, sports programs, all that kind of thing, um, they are the areas where quite often, you know, they're, they're what bring the kids lots and lots of joy in addition to learning. Absolutely, they do, um, and it's it is clearly um, evident in the research and the literature that um, it's things like art programs that really engage and um, kids benefit from who struggle to engage in school. So, um, at the end of the day, this is about um, well, it's about education. Mm. But when we talk about re-engagement and um, you know driving up attendance, because at the moment our budgets are linked to that, yeah. uh, it's those kind of programs that will really um, resonate with the kids where maybe their strength isn't literacy and numeracy. Um, there is the ability to yeah really um, provide a positive educational experience for kids who may not be um, engaging. Yeah, um, and it, the other issue, of course, is that. Um, where teacher numbers are dropping because budgets are dropping, um, that means that that school has less teachers overall to cover things like um, relief classes. And uh, if, yeah, if there's a teacher away, um, that, that there's a lack of flexibility 
in classrooms. Um, it was definitely the case across 2022. It remains the case to be seen um, how it goes over 2023. But that becomes an issue when you're talking about teacher well-being, when you're talking about safety in schools. Mm. Um, we really need the ability to have as much flexibility as possible, but also be able to keep in routines and that yep. kind of thing. So. Uh, it comes down to the number of teachers in front of kids and how many kids are having their their same teacher in front of them every day. Yeah, well, you're spot on. Michelle, what about then, you know, when you look at support staff? So I don't know whether they're sc- still called teacher's aides or teacher's assistants maybe at some schools. But, uh, you know, for some classrooms, if you have got children who have additional support needs or additional learning needs uh, in those classrooms, have we got a situation where we've got many of those support staff at the moment? Yeah, another brilliant question. Um, I don't have an answer off the top of my head for that one. They do have a, there's different roles depending on different schools. Yep. That one comes back to um, the way we fund our um, uh, extra or additional needs within schools. And um, that is, I believe, currently under review. Uh, But, yeah, as far as how many people are in those positions, um, I'm not sure. However, I can tell you it wouldn't... It's not enough. Um, The... the, Being able to fund on student need is one of our huge priorities for this year in Mm -hmm. the AEU to be... Um, working with the government, really, on getting um, as many teachers, as many teaching assistants, allied health professionals. I mean, our school should have occupational therapists, speech pathologists. Um, there's there's increasing need um, to have these kind of things in schools, and so that's part of this funding work that we're talking about doing with the um, with the Department of Education, with the Territory Government. Absolutely. Um, it's time to change. They came out at the end of last year and said that they're ready to um, reform their, the way they fund schools. Yep. So, yeah, now it's about, it's about talking about how do we do that? How do we boost those numbers of staff? Mm. And that's teachers, that's teachers' assistants, and that's allied health, etc. Um, there's, yeah. And I'm guessing More. that, um, you know, that part of that conversation as well is like your welfare support or, or, you know, support for kids that are maybe struggling a bit through school for various reasons and, and making sure that they've got some support mechanisms to keep them in school too. Yeah, and it's about re-engagement. So in that, that kind of work, um, we're going to need to see social workers and that kind of thing um, out there working with families. So um, huge news at the moment around... Um, what's going on in Alice Springs. We need people who are actually out there working with the kids, getting them back into the schools where they need to be. That's not just something that the teachers can do or that school principals can do. Mm. Um, the government, like we do have attendance programs and that kind of thing, but there needs to be systematic work, quality work from the government um, where there's social workers, there's... Um, youth workers, et cetera, who are actually out there engaging with the community, re-engaging their kids in school. And is that happening at the moment in Alice Springs from what from what you know? Yeah, well, as I said, I believe there's um, some external programs that the um, department helps to fund. But as, and, and then there's, there's, there's school engagement teams that are through the um, Department of Education. But I would posture guess that it is um some it's an area where we can definitely invest more in Um, and again i know that there are brilliant people working in the schools across um alice springs and across the territory 
our principals, our teachers, I think I said this to you last year, Katie, mm. they're the people who know what works with kids and who know, have the ideas of how to engage kids. They really just need the department and the government to step up and back them with the funding. Um, and then they'll be able to tell you, I need a social worker who's employed who can go out and get those kids. Or I, this is how we need to structure our program so that we can draw kids in. Um, and... Yeah, they're the people we need to be listening to. They're the ones who are on the ground engaging with the kids day in, day out, or who know what's not working similarly. So, Well, Michelle Ayres, it is always good to catch up with you. It sounds like it's going to be a really interesting year in terms of those reviews happening as well. How soon are we kind of expecting the outcomes to any of those? Do you know? Yeah, um, the uh, funding review, we've been given a timeline of two to five years. So the AEU is actually... Um, asking the government to bring that forward. We, we think that two years is um, too long when it comes to a school system that is um, really groaning under the weight of um, this funding model at the moment. Um, and so absolutely five years is far too long. Um, we're calling on the government to have results on that that are affordable by the beginning of next year. Um, and we're willing to do um, the work with them on that. Uh, and then we are... Um, expecting to see, I believe, this um, disability funding um, review come in across the year sometime. I'm I'm not sure what the deadline is on that, but we should see across the year um, that. And the um, high school review we spoke about at the end of last year as well, Mm. we'll be seeing um, results on that within the next year as well, I think. Okay, well, I'll be interested to see, you know, what fares from all of those. But Michelle, no doubt we'll talk again very soon. All the best for the school year to, to you and all of our wonderful teachers. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, thank you heaps, Katie. Thank you.